Here we go. Check, check, check. Yep. Am I on? All right, looks like we're online. Hey, um, another live episode coming up right now as soon as I am able to email the guest. So hold tight. Uh... We are going to do stuff. Whoops. Hang in there. Things are going to happen. I promise. Oh, no, it looks like you're in. All right. I was attempting to email you, but uh, it worked, huh? Well, I guess I could do it from my phone. Okay. <laughs> I, just wasn't sure, uh, I just wasn't sure of it. Okay. I mean, we're live. So either way, it's. Uh, I actually was just emailing it. So do you want to come back? It's totally cool if you want to do that. Um, I mean, I don't know that I'm we're not going to be on here that long so no, it's good. okay okay uh if it's cool i will do the intro uh this is seth tower heard and friends conversations about growing a career uh creativity uh and life skills ali m covington joins me from her phone because i didn't email her like i was uh supposed to um you are somebody <laughs> who's from twitter and um you were saying like hey what are we going to talk about and so i i'm just going to start this with a lot of people don't have their crap together at all, and you obviously do. Mm, <laughs> so those you. are the kind of guests I try to um, I try to have on, uh, you know, if, I, because of uh, my relationship with Zach Hummel, who's a um, a guy that'll be on, who's basically photoshopped. Um, thank you. Maybe I don't know if anybody else got that joke because I'm not moderated. Not big enough to get comments on individual jokes, but um, he's he's virtually. A Are you already character. recording? Yeah, we're on. No, we're on. Okay. Good. This is a real thing. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, Keep going. Keep this going. is just how I talk. All right, so um, you know, I, I kind of ran into you on Twitter because of the, um, you know, I guess I would say the like the personal trainer space that you've kind of been in, and then the finance space. Uh, this is two areas where people tend to not make the best decisions. Uh, and so I wanted to just jump in right there because it, it, let me do one more line of uh, intro here. Okay. One of the things I think that there's just a million podcasts about is like hustle, innovate, disrupt. You're going to start the next Facebook. If you were going to, you probably would have already done it. Um, but all of us are probably going to have to make some career decisions, some money decisions, some health decisions. Um, so it's maybe a little bit more of a humble idea for a, a show than like you were going to change the world. Yeah, 
why don't you work on you first? We'll start there. So yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. And let's be honest, Facebook wasn't started with the intention of starting Facebook. He just wanted to find some girls. And he, was a <laughs> he was a college student that already had his lifestyle funded. He did not have to give any consideration to paying rent or making his bills or satisfying a boss or taking care of any children. So, yeah. I mean, he, it's a fluke. Yeah. He, well, and Zuckerberg, and I, I, you know, in some ways I have a lot of respect for what he, um, for what he pulled off. I mean, I do think he's an sure. evil genius, um, but sure. yes, he was brilliant. Also. Yes. His roommate's parents were incredibly loaded. And um, there would be no Facebook without them burning through a ton of money um, right off the bat. And actually, I, um, you know, this is one of the things that I kind of really like talking about is, uh, you know, I've worked in venture back startups before or, you know, worked with done projects for I never was an employee. Um, But eventually, even if you get a bunch of money and you went to the best business schools, which I know people who, you know, I was in Chicago, so Kellogg and... um, uh, people who went to the other one are going to kill me now. Uh, Booth, Kellogg and Booth, um, which is Northwestern and New Chicago, the best schools, best schools, best brains, tons of money. You still fail 80% of the time. Um, yep. And so people are like, why didn't you keep doing that? I just liked avoiding homelessness. So I, yep. you know, I dipped my toe in and I went elsewhere. <laughs> that's a good idea. Okay. So let's... I'm, I'm a big fan of backup plans. Well, that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, so you are, uh, you do some sort of money thing for um, a living and you probably don't need the money from kind of the Twitter side hustle um, no. kind of fitness stuff you've put out. Um, but I've noticed that people who are uh, financially stable, financially viable, um, you know, always have a second or third source of income and including like one of my best friends growing up, uh, was the highest paid initial engineering graduate from his college ever. Um, and he was still mowing lawns that summer. And uh, I, Smart. that's, that's the way I've always tried to live my life. And I like talking to people that are like that. So um, what do you do? And then how did you get into that other, other thing? Okay. So uh, maybe a little bit of my backstory would help answer some of that question. Um, I got in, so I was pre-med at UCI so biology was my major. I wanted to go be a doctor. And then, and, and during that time, I got certified as a personal trainer. And so I started teaching aerobics classes and I got a lot of awards that way. And I was trainer of the year, instructor of the year and all that kind of stuff through UCI and through the health club that I worked at. And I was innovative. I created the first group exercise weight training class. So this, is go, this goes way back to like, 1996 <laughs> <laughs> and uh, w- long before the Les Mills and all those guys. And in fact, my class was still being used in 2012 at 24 hour fitness. And, um, and so I just, I always Wait, just wanted the to help chain? The, the chain 24 hour fitness, which is a gym and a lot of people had my class because I worked for Bally's and they had my class. So one of the problems is I didn't actually trademark the class. I was copyrighted because I was a broke college student. I was working four jobs and taking a full load of 16 units in a bio in a science major. I didn't have any money to, you know, handle IP. I didn't even know what that was. So, and back in the nineties, you're just like, why did I think that my class was going to become anything big beyond me teaching it? 
I didn't. So fast forward, I learned my lesson, but then I left and I got a, a, a master's in counseling psychology. So getting my master's made me a better trainer. And then once I was getting out of my master's, I got licensed in finance. And the reason why I did that is because I thought those were the three areas of a person's life that were super integral into them living an independent and healthy life. If you know how to take care of your body, if you know how to take care of your finances and you know how to take care of your mind, there's very little permeability or vulnerability that you have. Dang. Okay. Cause I was about to make a joke that, um, you really couldn't pick a lane, huh? But, uh, but you did, you I very did. intentionally picked a lane. Um, I, and my, and my lane was building a fortress of information so that I could protect myself in every really important way, because out, outside of those three areas, you could screw up pretty big and it won't really impact you. But if you screw up in any one of those three areas, mentally, physically, or financially, you can't really live. Like you screw up in one of them and you're pretty much toast Yeah. in, in the others. So those are the three pegs to your stool that you need to have really, really solid. Everything else you can, you can roll the dice with and you're going to pretty much be okay as long as those are solid. Yeah. And so I, I figured that out early on in my twenties and built businesses based off of that. And you, uh, you know, that actually you and I were um, DMing about life insurance because I think you'd asked me and I jumped over because I didn't, it's funny, I didn't want to say it um, on the internet, but now I'm saying it on the internet. It's like, yeah, I've got life insurance because, you know, you were, it was something about finance. Um, there was kind of a Twitter conversation and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, basically, you know, you'd ask like, hey, are you, are your wife and kid good if you like go? Um, and, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, we, you know, life insurance is squared away. <laughs> Good for you. Um, I'm super you know, proud of you for that. Yeah, it's um, I don't know, it, it's just one of those boring adult things that I know a lot of people don't do, and that's pretty pretty scary. Here's how boring an adult it really is. If you think about what's underlying the life insurance, it's your health. Yeah. It's your eating habits. It's how often you exercise. It's how well you take care of that health. And then you put life insurance on top of that. And you then that's, that's the foundation of your financial life. And then as you try to build assets, you need to be able to have that life insurance in place because that's protecting your ability to, can, to, pre to preserve your wealth, right? So underneath, so your, your wealth becomes this like pyramid of like assets and so on but underlying all of that the foundation of all of that is your health so they are so intricately linked that most people completely miss the whole point of their health they go you know what it's okay i can i can eat pasta a couple times a week i can have sandwiches i'll eat whole wheat bread i'll do all of these things and then when i get sick i'll just go get vaccinated or i'll just go get a Z pack or I'll just go get right. And here we are yeah. in the middle of a pandemic yeah. and people are realizing that the things that they thought that, that they were doing that might've made them healthy were putting them actually at risk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons I haven't gotten that freaked out personally. Uh, you know, my, my, my grandparents who were, um, they, they passed away four months apart. Uh, man, four probably one ago. of a broken heart. Um, yeah, well, my grandmother had Alzheimer's, so she was 
I mean, I, I think she knew, but she didn't know. But my grandpa was 92 um, when he went out and farmer his whole life yeah. before he went in the hospital. And, he, you know, he eventually um, passed. Uh, he'd fed his cows that morning. Um, and uh, that's that's just one of the things that, like, I don't I haven't been Beautiful. that worried because um, I really have not had. I mean, I, I'm not in the kind of shape I was in when I was playing college basketball um, because I'm, you know, in the span of 10 months, uh, I've had three jobs in two states and three addresses because we moved to wow. St. Louis from Chicago to be closer to family. Uh, got laid off in a private equity acquisition after six weeks, got another job, bought a house. Um, life is, you know, settling a little bit back down. I didn't totally yeah. fall off the wagon and, you know, become just like this, um, you know, like fast food and cigarette junkie. Um, okay. 10 months is not that big of a deal. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. A year um, and a half. But, you know, good work, you'll, you'll get it back. Yeah, but Maybe no, I mean, you know, no kind of major illnesses in my life or anything like that. And so people have been freaked out. I'm just like, you know, as far as what's killed my family, um, it's either enemies of democracy because they went and fought in war or it's, um, you know, unfortunately farming accidents. My great grandma was gored to death by a bull. Um, I've had a couple of relatives die in tractor rollovers. It's very real in farming country. And, you know, I don't farm full time. And, um, you know, I'm 37. I guess I'm not getting drafted if we go to war with China. So uh, yeah. I'm not going to be freaked out about this if like if i get sick i get sick i'll get over it i mean i'm not going out i'm very much we're very much self-quarantined but i'm i don't wake up every day in fear um back, i don't either well back to this um uh, back to you know basically how do you say mo- yeah well money okay. money health uh and uh money mm-hmm. physical health mm-hmm. mental health mm-hmm. okay so if all those are screwed up get somebody back on the path? Um, <clears throat> if, if, if somebody had all of those screwed up or any one of them, I would start with what they're putting inside their body. Okay. I'd start with what they're eating and what their hormones are like. Because those two, because the hormones will dictate the mentality and what they're craving to eat and what they're, what they're eating will dictate their hormones. So it's a, it's a negative and positive feedback loop. that's kind of in into infinity. It needs to be handled first. Once you can get the brain clear of toxins and things like that, things that inflame your ability to think like gluten um, and get the hormones balanced then your health comes back and then your your mentality comes back depression and anxiety and those types of things so, so, so they subside significantly if not disappear entirely and then your ability to make money completely flourishes dang okay so i want you to like um dm or email me uh, did you write about this or have you talked about this on other podcasts or uh, I don't think that I've said it quite that way because nobody's ever asked me that particular question, but okay. I know I go into it in my book. Okay. Well, there we go. I'm going to link to that. I, um, just selfishly, I hate science. Um, <laughs> so that's, I don't oh, want yeah, to camp out on okay. what, do, no, I think it's really important. I just don't want to go like, well, molecular, blah, 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 the brain, something, something, something. I'm like, I avoided that yes. I didn't do that in my book I'm ta- I, in my book I wrote it the way I would be sitting down talking to a girlfriend uh-huh. trying to explain to maybe 
maybe my daughter, who's going to be entering eighth grade next year, explain to her the way I would explain to, you know, well, explain to her exactly how she should understand how her body makes decisions because her body knows what it's doing. Your body knows what it's doing, yeah. but you don't need to know how this enzyme works with that one and how this transfertase works with that. Like you just like nobody needs that stuff. You just need to know here's what I should eat. Here's how much of it I should have. And here's how much I should move my body. Like, just tell me what to do. Nobody needs to know that needs to know why they just want to know what to do. Yeah. Okay. Like nobody wants to see a financial plan being made. Just like nobody wants to see sausage being made. You just want, you just want to enjoy the end result, right? You want to enjoy the wealth. You want to enjoy the health. (laughs) You want to enjoy your life. You don't want to know what goes into the planning and producing of that. Well, and so I I do want to talk more about how, what you're feeding yourself affects your decisions because I think that's huge. But, um, you know, when you're saying nobody wants to have a financial plan, um, I believe it's, what is it? 20% of people making over $100,000 a year can't miss two paychecks, which just got very real. Um, and Hey, I get it. People that, uh, I mean, uh, I'm from the second poorest County in the state of Illinois. Uh, and I get it. Like I get how hard life can be with your paycheck to paycheck, but I've been seeing these things on social media about like, Oh, well, it's just clear that the economy wasn't working for people. Um, you know, because of what we're seeing right now. No, if you make over a hundred thousand dollars a year and you're broke after missing two weeks of work, you're stupid. Um, well, not if you're in California, if you're in St. Louis, I was going to say, if you're in California, if you're in Orange County, California, you pretty much like, well, almost anywhere in California, let's be honest, you have to make a hundred thousand dollars just to break even. So, I mean, if you're in Alabama, you're probably overspending, but, but here's the thing. What's the great American way? Bigger, better, faster, more. Yeah. Well, I just know that I've worked enough corporate stuff to see people who are making okay-ish money that, boom, um, annual, uh, you know, annual bonus hits, new car, expensive vacation. And I'm like, 12-year-old Honda Element and just going to kind of hang for a minute. It's not the American way. We spend and we spend for a consumer society. That's not how we've been brought up and it's not what we've been told to do. Yeah. Saving has not been a big ha, has not been a big deal and 401k's have been the only saving grace for anyone in America and it's not the best place to save money. Yeah. I mean, and the IRS knows it. That's why they're going to tax you at you're going to spend more than your entire 401k balance in taxes when you're in, during retirement. Congratulations, that was brilliant. Wait. But then again, nobody has a financial advisor either. You're going to spend um Say that again. You're going to spend more in taxes than your 401k is worth. That's right. Okay. So. Math. Yeah. Okay. So walk me back from despair, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, the, the, the point of it is that most people don't realize that your 401k is going to be taxed at ordinary income tax rates. Yeah. The problem is that most people, they wrongly assume that they will spend less in retirement. But the problem is you may be spending less on not having your children living at home, but you're paying more in taxes because you don't have those dependents anymore. So you really are not saving any money in retirement. 
especially because nobody retires just to sit on their butt and sit on the front porch and do nothing all day, right? Right now is a perfect example of what retirement would look like for most people. And damn near everyone is itching to get out of it. Yeah. So nobody really wants to retire and do nothing. They want to retire and go do something. They want to travel. They want to play golf. They want to spend money, but they don't, they don't factor that into their budget and they don't realize, okay, I'm going to spend as much as I'm spending while I'm earning as or more in retirement. So their assumption that they're going to, so they're going to pay as much in taxes or more in retirement. Dang. <laughs> so what do you do then? I mean, uh, you choose the right places to invest. You choose places that will give you tax advantages. You choose places that will minimize your risk of, of getting your social security taxed, minimize your risk of market losses, minimize your risk of ordinary income taxes. Um, you sell properties and you find a really smart financial advisor that understands the tax code so well that they can advise you on how to kick that capital gains tax down the road by 30 years ending into you know, well beyond your own lifespan or eliminate them altogether. So you've, if, if there's one thing I could say, it would be find a really smart financial advisor. Dang. Okay. Um, what most people are actually doing that versus just kind of throwing in the bare minimum to whatever their employer matches? Uh, I don't know. Almost I mean, nobody? Yeah. Well, first of all, let's start with the fact that most people that call themselves financial advisors are just life insurance salespeople. Yeah. They don't have securities yeah. licenses, they're not investment advisors, and they're certainly not principals. So for the number of people that have all the licenses that I have, there's maybe half a percent of the entire financial industry that has them. So starting there, you're not going to find a whole lot of them. But even if you found a life insurance salesperson, that's at least something. Because at least they'll talk to you about the tax advantages of saving into life insurance, which is great. I've done the math. People want to poo-poo life insurance. Life insurance has amazing tax advantages if you save into it properly and it's properly structured. The problem is very few of them are properly structured. Dang. And, and, and I will tell you the truth. Uh, if I open up a managed account for you, yeah. 10 years later, I'm going to make more money off of your managed account than I would if I sold you a life insurance policy. So most people go, they they read the Dave Ramsey and they read, read the Susie Orman books and they say, no, I'm going to do the managed account. I'm going to buy the mutual funds. I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. But the problem is you're taking on too much risk and you're paying too much in taxes and you ended up doing exactly the wrong thing because you didn't because you followed a book instead of actually getting somebody to sit down with you individually okay if i hadn't done the math then i probably wouldn't believe it myself but i actually tried to disprove it. all right i i am sure i'm gonna really piss people off with the going against anything dave ramsey says i think i mean i think what he does is know, good for I, people I who that. are just gonna just you know like they're going to go out and well, I've been seeing pictures of how many TVs Walmart has because stimulus checks are hitting. Um, oh, really? You don't oh. need a 75 inch TV right now. You know what? I just saw one of those, the dumpster in my complex. And I was like, really? People are buying TVs. I didn't even think about the stimulus checks. <laughs> but that's, 
yeah, it didn't occur to me to buy another TV. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's good for people like that. It, it's funny. And I actually know Dave a little bit. Um, I worked in radio for a long time, crossed paths with him. Really nice guy. Like, I like him from the interactions we've had. I did see a YouTube clip this week where he was trying to talk about cryptocurrency. And I'm like, dude, uh, you know, it's not like I'm stay an in your lane. What's that? Yeah. Like, he, you're like, ooh, stay in your lane. I don't. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a financial expert, but I'm, I mean, I work in tech. Like, I, man, he was, in my opinion, he was pretty far off base on um, on what he was saying. And so. Well, I, and, I'm, and I'm not here to poo-poo anybody. Those people wrote books to help the masses. And there's nothing wrong with more financial education. If their purpose was to financially educate people, then yes, it brought them more education that they were getting in school and they probably got from school from their parents. So good. But at the end of the day, if they think that they're going to be, that someone is going to be able to build their own solid financial plan based off of their books only, that's the problem I have with it. Yeah. <laughs> I had a conversation over text with a friend who literally said, um, if Dave Ramsey doesn't say it, we don't do it. Wow. Um, the, the, um, the, I guess the thing that I see um, with a lot of people is either they're completely frivolous, frivolous. or I, f- <sighs> people get mad at me for saying this. I feel like people get so into budgeting that they forget to work hard. Mm, yeah, I would agree with that, but I would also equate budgeting with a diet. Okay. So we'll get so into a diet, we forget we should actually just go burn off some energy. Yeah. So rather, rather than constrict yourself so much into this lifestyle that you don't want to be living anyway, why don't you go just function from abundance and make more? spend more energy, make more money, right? Act as though you've got more to give. Yeah. And that's a mentality. Well, you know, I was in a spot, I think, where, you know, this is something I talk a good bit about. 25 to 29, I probably, like, I feel like I just completely screwed my life up. Uh, during that amount of time. And I got a second master's degree. During that time, I was on syndicated TV. I got a second master's degree. I was on the radio in Chicago. I was writing for magazines. Um, but I just didn't really have a plan of what I was doing. Or I I kind of had this quiet dread that I wanted out of media, but I didn't know what to do with it. And I thought I had no other skills. And so, like, I didn't know where the off-ramp, like, was at. And I think that's pretty typical. Yeah. I, um, I... I was in a spot there where I thought, okay, I'm sort of, I'm already sort of over the hill in media because I'm in my late twenties and it's like, you know, I had friends and still have friends that work at MTV and all these different places where you burn out like fast, you know, um, <clears throat> you're like young and cool. And then like, you're out. And so it's like, okay, I missed my window. I didn't develop any other skills during this time. Uh, and, um, uh, I'm, I just had this quiet sense of dread of like, uh, you know, oh my my people live a long time. The, the next seventy years are going to be pretty bad. <laughs> um, and if I just would have like picked my head up out of the dirt, I would have realized that um, you know the the same skills that I built in media are actually the exact same things I'm doing in corporate America and doing. Um, I just had to translate them a little bit, uh, and I was just I was too scared to like try things out. I guess. Um, um, and, the- 
Those are translatable if you find if you look for their commonality. Yeah, and so I've had conversations with people like that that are like, in, you know, they hit their thirties, forties, or whatever. They're like, oh, it's too late to go, you know, do whatever, make more money. I'm like, no, I don't, no, I don't think it's so. Never, it's never too late. We have so much time. Yeah. Um. So let's. Um, man. Uh, this is like flying. I, I actually, if you got, if you got some time at another time, I think in a few weeks, I want to do a whole episode on this. Cause I didn't know how deep we we're going to go here. Um, but let's try to put all this together again. So basically you're saying stop eating gluten, um, read your book to figure out like why hormonally. So you're saying your hormones are causing you to be a moron. So your food dictates your hormones and your hormones dictate your food. So it's, we, we can interrupt one or the other. We can interrupt both. We can figure out which one is the, is the major culprit fairly easily, but w- make no mistake. They both have a big component to how you think and how your body acts. Your microbiome in your gut sends messages to your brain that says, I want more sugar. I'm low on energy. I need cereal in the morning. I right. So all this bad bacteria dictates what your brain thinks and what your brain, what what you ingest actually affects some of the like white matter in your brain, which is your decision making aspect of your brain so everything is interwoven and interrelated and it it is far more complicated than than i'm making it sound but i'm trying to make it i'm trying to simplify it because nobody needs to know how the how and the why and behind all of that stuff just yes yes the hormones that's what you eat yes to all of it (laughs) okay so do you um it's funny i you know, this is my, um, I don't know if I kind of shared with you the stats. So I've been a part of several different podcasts kind of career wise. I'm up over a million downloads for everything I've kind of had my hands on. Um, this is a fairly new kind of branding of the fact that I've been talking on the internet and, you know, in major market media, my entire life. Um, I, if you've got time in a few weeks, I think we need to do this again and do it a lot deeper. Um, one of the things about if I'm doing two guests in a show versus one, if there are people off Twitter, I'm like, well, you could totally just be weird and um, and we're live. <laughs> so, um, but do you, let's. Uh, by the way, um, Ali M. Covington, um, money, health, um, smart person. There we go. Uh, so, do you think that? you can do all these things at the same time. So somebody's like, okay, I get it. I'm not making good money decisions. I'm, um, I mean, the amount of streaming video people are watching apparently during the quarantine is like out of this world. I, I don't know how the, and I, I, I worked as a TV and film critic for a major publication for over a decade. I freaking love television. Um, I do not know how the average person is watching five hours a day um, except that does seem to be related. If you watch five hours of TV a day, um, you hit Taco Bell five times a day and you're broke. <laughs> That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Okay. So can you do all this at once or no? Yes, yes you can. Yes, you can. Okay. Well tell, we, we got a couple minutes here <laughs> and then we're going to have to have this conversation, a different, uh, different episode. Um, you know, Tell us how, so, and then I'm gonna um, we're gonna plug your book, and then we'll definitely have to do this again if that's cool. That's totally cool. I really love to dive into it a little bit more because there's so much more to give. Um, so we 
we change our eating habits at the same time that we take the right probiotic to change our, our gut microbiome within 21 days, that's going to completely change our profile inside of our biochemistry profile, which is going to start altering our hormones. Now we might need a little hormone supplementation depending on what our age is and depending on what our needs are. But within three weeks, we can make a massive shift and a massive difference. And we can go from depressed and anxious to pretty neutral and normal. And from there, it's just making better and better decisions. It's an upward spiraling vortex at that point. Dang. Um, how are you not a bigger deal? I, I think that I, I'm, I feel weird about promoting myself, I guess. I think I always have. I, I don't know. I don't sit there and go like, oh my gosh, I'm such a big deal. Look at me. <laughs> I feel like those people are the ones that are the biggest charlatans and the ones who are like the, the realest deal tend to be really humble and overlooked. And so I don't know. I feel like people that wave a flag of how great they are, are just waving a flag and they're not really delivering value. And if, if enough people like you find value in what I'm talking about, then you'll recommend me and then there will be a bigger following. But I will tell you this a year ago, I think I had 200 followers on, on Twitter. Twitter. And where are you at right now? Like 7,200. Not bad. It's not a year, right? Yeah. Not bad. Um, okay. We're going to schedule it again. Um, cause I got to make the transition here. Uh, if you can come back on soon ish, I, I actually think people are going to be pretty curious pretty quickly over this. I can, you know why? I've got time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Ali, M, kind of, like, I, it's funny because you use your middle initial and all your stuff. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it out loud or not, but. Um... No, it's not. My, my middle initial is T. Okay. Oh, just, dang I, it. I, I just use Ali Covington. I, okay. I thought it was your Twitter handle, so I like try to throw it in there, but, uh, you know, I'll do Ali better in the next episode. Um, you're, you're, and your youngest is two, right? Ish. My youngest is 20 months and you can probably hear him in the background. Okay. Right so now. my daughter is 18 months and my daughter oh. is much more of a yeller. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine's a giggler right at this particular moment <laughs> and I okay. need to get him in the bathtub. So thanks for having me and yep. thanks for letting me come on tonight. And I will definitely hit me up and we'll get on here as soon as possible. Okay. All right. We will do it again. Cool. All right. Thank you. See ya. Bye. All right. So let me just make sure that the, um, it's saying, I think it should be fine, but, oh yeah. Facebook was lying to me. It's saying that there was no, uh, no sound, which is garbage. All right. Um, thanks for hanging out. I know I do this kind of late and therefore I'm competing with, um, you know, some, uh, uh, a lot of other entertainment channels versus if you were like kind of had this on your headphones at work, but uh, I usually get pretty decent audience. All right. I need to invite another person on. Um, one second here. And we're going to go ahead and talk. The uh, next segment's going to be about uh, kind of um, uh, like actually not wanting, because everybody's like, oh, you got to, you know, you got to hustle and leave your day job. Maybe you don't want to. And so that's the next thing that uh, we're talking about here. Oh, gosh, dang it. I kind of like the, like, live screw-ups. By the way, um, just because of my own schedule, 
I have not really like gone the route of um, of uh, you know doing a lot of editing to these things for they go on the actual podcast and I don't know people are actually fairly decent with the fact that uh, I'm kind of rolling here so. All right, guest number two coming up in just a second. Uh, oh, boom. As soon as I can... Like the dual monitor sometimes, it's hard to like find your mouse again. There we Hello. go. You're on. Oh, All right. I have a succulent background from You have a succulent a background? <laughs> Should I keep it? <laughs> I don't know if it matters. <laughs> I have, um, <laughs> I have, uh, uh, basically like, it looks like I'm either in a Johnny Cash, like live prison album, or I'm on the set of Shawshank Redemption or, wait, um, is that a real, hmm. a real life wall? Cool. Yeah, it's a real life wall. Um, awesome. so it is a, um, so I'm in St. Louis, Missouri and, uh, uh-huh. the neighborhood that we're in was, um, built the kind of was planned and built just before the great depression. And so the reason I have a jacket on is because of the fact that, um, uh, um, it's like the last cold week here and my uh-huh. space heater quit because the dog ate the cord and, uh, oh, Amazon yeah. was going to take like a year to deliver another one. And I didn't uh-huh. want to go to a store. And so I'm actually in a wine cellar that Whoa. we are not bougie enough to like need, uh, and so it became an office and, um, it's, that's awesome. It just literally, um, that's a really cool looking wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. I, I, I feel like a lot of people on, you know, the YouTubes and stuff, um, have better, uh, you know, better, better backgrounds. And normally in photography, they say you should have depth and this is like the opposite of depth. It's, uh... Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, Christine Lee has the YouTube channel called the back road. <clears throat> um, it's like I was trying to decide, like in the episode title, I'm like, do I call you Christine the Back Road Lee, like a WWE name, <laughs> um, or how do we, how do we say that? Yeah, I mean, I just my channel is called the Back Road, and I kind of just go by Christine, um, but I mean, it's fine to say my last name too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, so this channel is all about uh, growing in career, creativity, culture, and life skills, and so. I started DMing with you because I liked what you're doing and um, the topic of like not wanting to quit your day job, I think is interesting and cool because it was like, Oh, I just want to be a YouTuber full time. I really don't like, I really like doing this. This is uh, like, you know, if I could just sit here and like do this and, you know, be a super gigantic podcaster or whatever. I mean, that's cool, but that's not really where my focus is at. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, uh, I just, I actually really like work and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of into that. So, so do you also right now have like a primary day job? And yeah. Yeah. You do like yeah. Yeah. YouTube so stuff on the side. Yeah. So I work for, um, I work for a, a marketing company, a marketing agency that does work, uh, intern for basically very large, um, kind of known brands, which is probably about mm-hmm. all I can say about that. And then I, I, you know, I do some stuff on the side because, uh, I've done that my whole life. So, um, you know, why, uh, why stop now? Um, I'm especially at times like this, you realize it's a very good idea to always have a second source of income from something. Mm-hmm. Um, it carries you through. So, so yeah, that's, um, that's what I do. And you YouTube and you corporate, right? 
<clears throat> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so well, let's let's start with that, and then we'll we'll talk about why like why it's kind of balancing two dreams. So what's the um, what's the corporate before we talk about? Uh, yeah, I mean, I grew <clears throat> up um, in a very traditional strict household where um you know i was taught that there was just kind of in a very academic studious environment where like for most of my childhood it was all like study really hard to get into a really good college to get a really good job right um so i actually um went to stanford university and i studied engineering and i was on this path to like you know have some sort of successful job in stem and um, I graduated from college in 2017 and kind of got my dream job in a sense. Um, it was a company that I really wanted to work for. So I studied civil and environmental engineering, which um, was focused in buildings and how buildings can be designed to be more environmentally sustainable. And then I also got a minor in computer science. So this company that I really wanted to work for, that I now work for, um, is a software company that helps buildings um, be more environmentally um, efficient and sustainable. And um, within my three years at that company, I started out doing support and I kind of um, evolved into more of a product management position, which is what I'm doing now. And I'm really, really grateful that I truly enjoy my day job right now. Like I find it really fulfilling and exciting and challenging and I'm constantly learning and I love the people that I work with. But I think um, what what happened is that I realized that I needed some sort of creative outlet because my yeah. job is very um, technical. Like I'm working with data and like engineers and we're building software and um, I realized later on that I'm actually a very creative person and um, I, I've always loved country music. So that was always like this side passion that I had. And I actually started a blog like the moment I graduated from college. I was like, wow, I have all this extra time to like actually do fun stuff because before that I was just like studying all the time. Um, so I started a blog called The Back Road and I had that for like two years and granted i i thought that it would be something i would like post in every single week but i just like never really found the time to post anything so i pretty much wrote something like once every few months or even less so it didn't really go anywhere <laughs> which is what typical blogging is by the way i'm bored of the succulent wall let's just see your regular apartment oh sorry uh, it's something about the fakeness <laughs> we'll of it's of like bothering me um if you're on the podcast <laughs> okay. zoom has these backgrounds now or whatever yeah um, <clears throat> okay so I, I feel like this is really relatable this is where a lot of people um are at where it's like you know what's weird to me is you know because i um, you know, two guests in an episode of kind of repeating myself in the last guest, but you know, like I was, a, um, I, I worked in media for the first decade of my career and I, you know, definitely been in LA a good bit and, you know, I was in, lived in Chicago. It's like all these people, it's like, they find this like weird romanticism in being flat broke. Cause they're putting everything into music or putting everything into acting. I'm like, why don't you just go get like a welding certificate and put everything into acting, but also like go weld second shift and you'll be making a hundred K a year. Like, you know, why don't you just go be a nurse and then boom, as soon as like, if you're good enough to make a living at music, cool, just like make a living at it. Like, 
you know, why is the only path like Starbucks? And so this idea that you have to choose one or the other, um, you know, honestly, I've even thought, um, you know, so our, um, you know, our, our daughter is 18 months and then, uh, you know, whatever other kids we may have, God willing, that, uh, you know, I may like be like, look, I'm not paying for college or helping pay for college unless like you go to get you go to a year trade school first, because you know what? You're always going to be OK. Then there's always something to fall back on, mm-hmm. um, which is not a, a typical probably thought on that. Um, but it's like, you know what? It, you know, if you want to go do whatever, cool, um, but also have a valuable skill so that it's not either corporate drone or coffee shop and trying to make it, you know, a dozen eggs stretch out over seven meals because you're that mm-hmm. broke, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. they don't have, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Um, I, but I think it's fine if someone chooses that path, if they're willing to kind of take that risk and risk. I, I think it's like, how much do you value financial stability Versus chasing this oh, one yeah, yeah. thing that you're really, really passionate about. If so you... I don't think there's anything wrong with choosing that. <laughs> no, 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 I don't like... either. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just think people feel like they're stuck in that lane. I don't think you have uh-huh. to be. I think there's better ways to make a living while you're trying to chase arts and or yeah. be happy making, be happy in kind of a more traditional job while you make this other thing that matters a lot to you. Um, yeah. You know. I mean, what's really interesting is that I, first of all, I don't, um, my YouTube channel isn't at the point yet where I am monetizing off of it. Um, hopefully I can get to that point in the future, but um, I never really, I, I started it not with the intention that I was going to become a huge YouTube star. I literally started it because I had this passion for country music and I just wanted to talk to people about it. And I didn't think I was like, I don't really care who watches. Like, I don't know who's going to watch. Um, so, and I mean, it has been growing, uh, over the past six months, like uh, less than six months ago, I had less than a hundred subscribers and now I have almost 700. So um, that, that was like pretty quick. Um, Obviously it's not like a huge thing yet, but um, as I've been going through this creative process of creating videos, I realized how much I enjoy it. And I was like, man, if I could do this as my real full-time job, like at some point in the future, that would be so cool because I do really really enjoy it but um like obviously I'm not at the point yet where I'm gonna like quit my day job and pursue it full-time but it opened that window of opportunity for me and I can see the potential in it at some point in the future yeah and it made me realize that it is something that I enjoy you know uh, by the way and I'm glad you're doing it because it's something I'd thought about that there wasn't enough content in that lane uh, because in hip-hop particularly and then like in kind of hardcore metal um kind of that lane there's so many people on youtube so many um content channels that are reacting to songs and and doing all this stuff and country music just basically has like you and grady smith and that's it yeah um, um he's actually the reason i started a youtube channel because um i mean i came across his videos probably like late 2018 and i was like whoa this is so cool i didn't even know it was possible to just talk about music on YouTube like I've been watching YouTube videos for a very long time but I didn't know that was like even a genre yeah. of video and I was like oh my gosh I want to try to do that too like that's really cool so he literally is like the reason I decided to start a channel because I saw that it was possible well um you know and if, if you want to get on YouTube because I feel like so many people um try to jump in and they're jumping in where there's already so many people it's like well I'm gonna do um fitness or i'm gonna do like you know tech reviews and it's like dude 
No, you're not. I mean, you are. But nobody's <laughs> going to pay attention. Uh-huh. I had just been paying attention to the the country space for a long time, and it's like I was always doing other stuff. I'd even talked about it to a friend of mine who's a country radio programmer. By the way, my first job uh-huh. was in country radio. Uh, oh, cool. And that's kind of how I got to Chicago. I started in country in Iowa uh, overnight. Um, all three truckers thought I wasn't terrible that summer. <laughs> listening, I guess. But uh, you know, you know, this is just kind of a throwaway freebie. But I, I would say find an angle, find something that's unique, or find just a freaking wide open lane, which is what you fell into. Uh, yeah. I would subscribe to more kind of country commentary, country reaction channels. They just aren't there. Um, yeah. So being second in the space actually does maybe give you the chance to, uh, you know, to 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 get up there. Um, man, I can't remember if you were on a podcast I tried to subscribe to that Grady's been on. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. But I was like, dude, these guys are honestly terrible. Um, but they're <laughs> still getting artists on. And they're still like, they still have an audience because, it, I mean, it's sort of like, I mean, like if you haven't eaten all day, White Castle tastes awesome. Um, you know, it's like, well, it's there. I guess I'll, I'll go for it in this, in this lane. Yeah. Okay. So did you grow up in the Bay area or how did this country thing happen? Uh, no, I grew up in San Diego, California, and then I moved up to the Bay area for college and I've just been in San Diego or sorry, in California ever since. And country music was not part of my life growing up, um, until I just happened across it on the radio, like in middle school or high school (laughs) and I don't know like something about it just I I just really fell in love with the sound of it and despite it being very very different than my actual life I found it very relatable (laughs) it was almost in a way like an escape from my actual life because as I um as I said I I spent a lot of time just like studying in my teenage years of just like getting really good grades and like studying for I don't know the SAT and um and I would listen to these songs about like I don't know trucks and tractors and being out on a dirt road and I was like I love this (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's um I kind of had the opposite experience growing up so um I'm from the uh, my family's farmed the same ground in Illinois since 1830 uh, wow. We've been farming long enough that Abraham Lincoln rode across our, our land. Um, wow. And that's pretty crazy. Uh, it, kind of a country, uh, something that people who love country and bluegrass and Americana and roots um, kind of all gravitate to is um, the the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm-hmm. So the song, I've been meaning to watch that. I keep hearing about it. <laughs> okay. uh, the song Angel Band's a main kind of, it's a big part of that movie. Uh, my third great uncle wrote that song um, in the 1800s. Uh, wow. So he was Wait, what's a, a third grade uncle. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so it would have been like my great, great, great grandparents sibling. Oh, okay. 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 Um, cool. Cool. I grew up on a, I grew up on a farm that like my, mm-hmm. we had a family cemetery. So like my ancestors were buried right there. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually, he wrote, uh, if you're familiar with the Christian hymns, um, Jesus loves me. And just as I am, he wrote those too. Uh, he was actually introduced, uh, um, public uh public school education uh he introduced music education into new york city public schools so dude had a pretty good life uh and (laughs) you know in 140 years after he died he still i mean johnny cash recorded angel band it was in that movie Uh um but that's the kind of world i grew up in like i grew up going to a local opry like grand old opry honest to god i got to um college before i found out the beatles were like a big deal i'm Uh like 
oh, people are into that, huh? And like, where have you been? I'm like, I've been from a place where Merle Haggard and um, and CCR got played alongside Britney Spears on pop radio sometimes. That's where I've been. Uh-huh. Um, growing up like that. So I kind of had the not – I remember I got like a backstreet – no, sorry. I'm quite a bit older than you. I think I'm 37. I got a New Kids on the <laughs> Block towel. Uh, what's that? Sorry. I like how you said, I think I'm 37. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a toddler. Sure. I'm never not exhausted. Um, <laughs> I had a new kids on the block towel and uh-huh. um, uh, I like got it from Christmas. And I like didn't know who that was when it was like one of the biggest, um, you know, pop bands in the world. Okay. Like, oh, I didn't know man. that either. <laughs> well, I mean, it was the early nineties. So, okay. I don't know. He's probably just weren't alive. Yeah. Uh, I was born in the mid nineties. So. You were born in the, there we go. Okay. <laughs> and I also was like very sheltered from like pop music. Okay. <laughs> like all I listened to was like um, Christian worship music because I went to church and like classical music because I played piano. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you jumped into this open lane um, like we, we talked about um, and it's working. So what has, I guess, what did you learn about YouTube? Because I feel like that's one of those things everybody's like, oh, I could do it. They do one video and they they don't. So what's worked? Mm. Or why has it worked? Yeah. Um, I think, as you said, there's not that much YouTube content in the country music space. I feel like most of the country music review um, literature out there tends to be in blogs. Um in in kind of written form and then i think podcasts are also taking off as well but um videos is like a whole another thing um and the reason why i decided to make videos instead of just doing a blog is that i i think it forms the most genuine authentic connection with the audience because it's literally just like you talking to a camera yeah um which is way more personal and real than um just writing an article, which kind of feels more anonymous and detached. That being said, there's plenty of great blogs out there. Um, Saving country music is great, but um, yeah, I've, I've talked to Kyle, but I've had him on. Um, oh, great. Before. Awesome. Good, good dude. Um, I mean, he's been so influential. Uh, I, he, I don't think it's a stretch to say that uh, both Tyler Childers and Sturgill Simpson's careers happen in large part because of him. Um, he's yeah. broken so many artists. Yeah. That guy should be making a lot more money than um, uh, than he is. And uh, he uh, also writes great headlines. Uh, Florida Georgia yeah. Line test positive for sucking. Um, <laughs> I saw um, I saw a major publication rip that off. It was like, and he's been interviewed in really big magazines, and uh-huh. somebody ripped that like joke off uh, uh... a couple of days later. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to send him this video and tell him that uh, you know, we yeah. Just well, he, he was, was really supportive. Um, I made a video about six months ago. I don't know um, on why every or sorry how every Turnpike Troubadour song is connected. Have you heard of the Turnpike Troubadours? Um, yeah, utterly obsessed, brokenhearted because I don't know if Evan Felker is ever gonna find his yeah. way back. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I almost would call him like if I had to pick one person, the generational talent. Um, you know, of, of like, he's, he's pretty amazing. I didn't realize you were the one that did that. Yeah. 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 So I made that video, which is really funny because it was just a random idea I had in my head one day. Um, 
And I was like, oh, that'd be funny if I just made up some crazy conspiracy theory about how all of the songs are connected. Um, so I spent a few days kind of like listening to all of their songs over and over and just like kind of making up this grand unified theory of how not every single song, but like a majority of their songs are kind of connected. And I made that video and um, and uh Kyle Saving Country Music like wrote an article on that video, which was really cool that he was supportive of just like a random girl <laughs> like making a video like that. Um, so I, I think that really helped like the growth of my channel, like him writing that article. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have you on for an entire episode because uh, you know I, I do about an hour, so we're uh, there's. Uh, I just said this in the last guest too. I may just go back down to a one guest format. It's just when I'm booking people off Twitter, I'm like, what if you're just terrible? Um, <laughs> at least I got something yeah. to, stay, to to pull the show out with. Um, uh-huh. I think we can go a lot deeper here, but let's let's kind of land on this and then do a part two later if that's cool, uh-huh. uh, if you got time. Yeah. Um, how do you think about how to balance these two things? Like, uh, you know, as far as energy, focus, attention, are you pretty good? Is it hard? Um, one of the things that I, I just think is people have more time and more potential than they realize. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the average person watches five hours of TV a day. They're like, Oh, I'd <laughs> like to, I'm just so busy. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I, I don't mean, know if I buy that. I, I don't have a regular YouTube upload schedule. I, I would say it's, it is hard to balance like having a full time, job um you know like 40 hours a week with having um a youtube channel where i want to feel like i can upload regularly and for a while like i was only uploading probably once a month and that's that might be my average overall so I, i i have not yet found like a regular cadence of posting and i think it's because the the videos i make do tend to take a while to make i would say um every minute um of a video takes an hour. So if I make like a 20 minute video, it might take 20 hours. And that includes like brainstorming, um, like listening to the music if I'm reviewing an album, uh, filming and editing. Editing takes a really long time actually. And um, that's because I, I, I tend to want to edit my videos a bit more. So it does take a long time. Like if I review an album that comes out on Friday, I'm pretty much spending the whole entire weekend working on it. And I think it's kind of funny because like, I feel like I work all day, like during the work week. And then I'm pretty much working all day over the weekend on my YouTube channel. Um, and I've had those weekends. I'm like, man, I'm so exhausted. And I, I, um, I, I, I try not to pressure myself too much or else then I end up feeling burnt out. So I, I'm still kind of treating it as this passion, as a hobby, as something I get to do for fun um, right now. And um, I only, I, I have so many video ideas come to me, but I only really execute on them if I feel really, really, really passionate about them. Because if I pursued every single idea that came to me, I feel like I would just get really burnt out given that I have very limited time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Christine Lee, it's one of my favorite YouTube channels. Um, she'll be back on. It's called The Back Road. Um, let's go lightning round and then we're done until uh, a little bit later. By the way, I'm having a hard time believing you as an engineer because, like, you know, you have interpersonal skills. So, <laughs> so uh, usually. Well, I'm not an engineer anymore. Right okay. now, I'm, I, I tell the engineers what to what to code <laughs> one time i um i did a corporate job um for some engineers and i was like what do you want and they were basically like we want 
you to write a handbook on how for our people to make small talk at this thing we're throwing. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's money. Cool. <laughs> uh, lightning round. Uh, five country Americana albums you should be listening to. It doesn't have to be stuff that's out right now. Um, if you uh, don't put Turnpike Troubadours on there, I don't know if we're friends anymore. So go for it. <laughs> um, uh, Gabe Lee just released a new album, Honky Tonk Hell, which I'm obsessed with. I also just interviewed him the other week. Yes. Uh, check that video out. Also, I, f- I do like him a lot. Um, I can't decide if he's more for people who are like really into kind of classic Bob Dylan, that kind of songwriting as opposed to more of a Nashville sound. Um, yeah. but dudes, the dude is super, super legit. So yeah, Gabe Lee yeah. Is he's one. really cool. Um, gosh, this is so hard. <laughs> I feel like the stuff that I have reviewed over the past year is like stuff I definitely would recommend to anyone. So like Tyler Childers, country squire, um, Cody Jinx, <laughs> Um, I, Cody Jinx, I think, is um, but both of his last two albums. It was funny how he released two albums back to back. Yeah, Cody Jinx, <laughs> uh, is and I, whatever. I mean, we're at the end of the episode, so if yeah, people, if people got 95% <laughs> of the way through, through it, like Troubadours, this albums, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Cody Jinx is his Cody Jinx is unique in country music, and it is all of his albums are almost exclusively about the internal journey, yes. Um, and by the way, David, I actually believe is the saddest song ever written. Oh, uh, I need to re-listen to that. Okay, I'm going to summarize it for the audience. So, and then you got to pick two albums, and I, I seriously, I got to go. Um, the uh, um, the song by Cody Jinks, saddest, saddest song ever written. It's about these two kids who are misfits growing up in Texas. One goes to the Marines, come back, becomes a cop, and then the other one becomes a town drunk. Um, well, the town drunk uh, flips his truck over in a flash flood and drowns, and then they take him to the ER where his mom's an ER nurse who sees her son's dead body. And then at the end of the song, the cop runs into his widow, and um, he never knows what to say. Wow. It's it's pretty pretty grim. That's crazy. I feel like I didn't listen closely enough to the lyrics <laughs> when I when I've listened to that song. So yeah, I'm gonna go re-listen to it right after this. All right, Gabe Lee, um, two Cody Jinx records, the Tyler Childers. You gotta uh-huh. recommend one more. Um, well, I'm gonna one. say um, something beautiful by Hot Butter Drum. Um, I just interviewed. Um, I don't know who that is. So... Yeah, yeah, you should check him out. Um, he's my banjo teacher, um, Eric Yates. I just interviewed him in my most recent video and um, they're based here in the San Francisco Bay area and they kind of have a more bluegrassy sound. Um, but I would recommend that there's lots of like banjo and fiddle and steel. Okay. I'm, I will, I will give you my thoughts next time you're on um, awesome. Christine Lee, by the way, I, if there's one thing I envy about being out there, San Francisco is my favorite large, or, you know, the Bay area is my favorite you know, kind of major metropolitan area. Um, also, I'm not a gajillionaire. Um, so I could <laughs> never live in San Francisco, but gosh, yeah. dang oh, it. I don't live in. Yeah, San I know you live in Oakland. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, gosh, dang it! If I could get back to Amoeba Records, the San Fran Amoeba Records is my favorite vinyl store in the world. Um, uh, so maybe I'll get back out there for that uh, sometime. Um, yeah, so, let me know if you're ever out here. Yeah, well, just I mean, just so you know, just take advantage of that place because I feel like it's like Disney World. Like people who live <laughs> next to Disney World, like don't go to it enough. It's like, you know, you know, just realize what you got. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, uh, it's beautiful. 
Christine Lee, I will uh, link up the YouTube channel uh, and the Twitter, et cetera, in um, the show notes and um, do it again. Sound good? Awesome. Thank you so much. All this right. This was really fun. That is it. Wait.